Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. I'd like you to take your Bibles, if you would, and look with me to the Old Testament book of Isaiah. Isaiah in the 57th chapter, if you would please. Isaiah chapter number 57. Preacher said many years ago, as he was giving advice to young preachers, he said, preach not because you have to say something, but preach because you have something that you have to say. As a preacher, sometimes you have the pressure of Sunday coming. Sunday's always coming. I was saying to my Sunday school class this morning, we were talking about what did I what did I teach or what did I preach? You, you speak multiple times a week. I, I think some most weeks I'll, I'll preach anywhere from four to five times a week. And sometimes sermons run together. Uh, you preach one or two, and uh, sometimes it's, it's hard to remember, what did I preach last? And sometimes you just have to preach. But sometimes I don't want to just get up because I have to say something, but because I have something that I have to say. This morning, I have something that I have to say. Our text is found in Isaiah chapter 57. The great prophet Isaiah was very pointed, and very direct in his message, and the words, as he was moved by the Holy Spirit, to say, to pen, the words of this chapter. I'm going to submit to you this morning that while I do understand that Israel and the church are two separate entities, Israel is not the church. The nation in which we live is separate and different than Israel. But I cannot help, as I read in Isaiah chapter 57, help but get a glimpse of our current culture and society in which we currently live as I read the pages of the Old Testament passages. Especially as I read this first verse in Isaiah 57. As the first verse says, The righteous perisheth. No man layeth it to heart. And merciful men are taken away, none considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. He shall enter into peace. They shall rest in their beds, each one walking in his uprightness. Draw near hither, ye sons of the sorceress, seeds of the adulterer and the whore. 
Against whom do ye sport yourselves? Against whom ye make ye a wide mouth and draw out the tongue? Ye not children of transgression, ye seed of falsehood? Inflaming yourselves with idols? Under every green tree, slaying the children in the valleys under the cliffs of the rock. Among the smooth stones of the stream is thy portion. They, they are thy lot. Even to them hast thou poured a drink offering. Thou hast offered a meat offering. Should I receive comfort in these? Upon a lofty and high mountain hast thou set thy bed. Even thither wentest thou up to offer sacrifice. Behind the doors also in the post hast thou set up thy remembrance. For thou hast discovered thyself to another than me. Art thou gone up? Thou hast enlarged thy bed and made thee a covenant with them. Thou lovest their bed. Thou sawest it. Thou wentest to the king with ointment, and didst increase thy perfumes, and didst send thy messengers afar off, and didst debase thyself even unto hell. Thou art wearied in the greatness of thy way, yet saidest thou not, there is no hope. Thou hast found the life of thine hand, therefore wast or thou wast not grieved, and of whom thou hast been afraid or feared. Thou hast lied, and hast not remembered me, nor laid it to thy heart. Have not I held my peace, even of old? Now fearest me not. As we look at these verses, Isaiah chapter 57, I want you to take note of what the prophet is saying here. He's saying, no one cares that the righteous are dying. You notice that in verse number 1, he says, The righteous perisheth, and no man layeth it to heart. Merciful men are taken away, none considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. He said, no one cares that the merciful men are no longer with us. They rest in peace. But what about who is left? What is their pursuit? And then as Isaiah begins in verse number 3, he says, But draw near hither, ye sons of the sorceress, the seed of the adulterer, and the whore. He says, those who have gone before us, the righteous, the merciful, so they've gone before us, no one cares. As we consider what Isaiah said some three to four thousand years ago in this passage, we consider our own culture today. We just spent a week 
this last week, learning, somewhat relearning of our country's founding. We listened to several reenactments, somewhat reenactments, reenactors, I should say. Heard speeches from reenactors and listened to the words of men like Thomas Jefferson. I ask this morning, where are the Thomas Jeffersons today? Oh, that we would have a Thomas Jefferson in 2021. We saw and heard from Patrick Henry. George Washington. Oh, that we would just have 57 men that would pledge to give their lives and fortunes Listen, when Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death, he meant it. Now, this is just our country. Again, I, I, I would dare say that many of you are like me. That your entire life, you've heard a cry in, short, in church. If you've been in church most of your life, you've heard this cry. We need revival. We need revival. We need a stirring of God in our country. I'm not sure, and I'm not positive as to why, but for some reason, we have equated within the church that a revival is where lost men come to know Christ as their Savior. That is not so. You see, a revival is not where lost men come to know a holy God. A revival is where those that know God come back to God. You see, we must break down that word revival first and foremost. Re. Revival. We could break it down even more than that. Revive. To revive. To re means to do it again or to do something again. The, the word vive or vival within that is to have life. To bring back to life again. You see, that is how we know that a revival has nothing to do with a lost man coming to know Christ. Because you have to first have life. 
in order to have re-life. Does that make sense? So, for example, Justice, come help me out here. Come help me quickly. Help me. Come. Come. Quick. 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 You might need to take your glasses off for this. Okay. Actually, put them there. That might be better. Bless you. Okay. All right. Just for illustration purposes, you have passed out. Fall down. You're, you're gone. Okay. Someone, quick. He's out. We must revive him. He's out. And so somebody would come and they would, all right, now come back. Oh, he's been revived. Look at that. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? He has been revived. Yay! We would rejoice in that, wouldn't we? Wouldn't that be something? Listen. This is what we need. Many are at that place where we say, hey, they're still, they're still life. They're still there. Somebody's got to come and get it back. Real, there was life once before. Somebody's got to come and do it again. Listen, I believe that God can do it again. I believe that. And all my life, thank you, son, you can be seated. All my life I have heard, we need a revival. We need God to do something. We need a revival. We need a revival. Where does it begin? As I look at our culture, all I've seen again, I've heard about our history. You know, in our history, there was a time when, oh my goodness, everyone had to go to church. We went into a courthouse, the very first courthouse in America. 70% of the prosecuted cases, 70%. Do you know what they were for, Brother Keith? Do you know what they were for? 70%. Because people didn't go to church. They didn't go to church, and so they took them to court. And they prosecuted them. Yeah. Because they didn't go to church. Some of y'all would be in trouble. Now look, I'm just going to say, I'm not for that. You know, the first thing they did when we went from being under British rule and they said, no, we're done with that. You know what they said? They said, you know what? Every man gets to choose. Amen. You know why? 
because that's what God said. Amen. We sure have come a long way, haven't we? 57 men signed their name. They said, we pledge our lives and our fortunes. We've come a long way. Our culture, it's a mess. It's a mess. Isaiah here, he says, he says, what about the righteous? The righteous are dying. The merciful men are being taken away. I tell you, our culture, it's a mess. But I want to remind you of something when it comes to revival. Because it's one thing to rail against our culture. It's another thing to notice where everyone else has failed. You notice that? And I can tell you where everybody else has failed. But until we take a long, deep look at ourselves, we will never experience revival. My opinion, one of the reasons, my opinion, I think one of the reasons we've never experienced revival in our churches today is because we've spent too much time saying our culture needs revival. We've spent too much time saying our churches need revival. We've spent too much time saying our pews need revival. And not enough time saying, I need revival. I need revival. God, revive me. Revive me. God, would you revive me? God, if you're going to revive anything, if you're going to revive anything at all, would you start with me? Because I need revival. You see, revival is personal. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that churches don't need revival. I'm not saying our culture is not in a mess. It most certainly is. But what I'm saying is this. Until revival begins right here with me, I can do nothing to help you. And until revival begins with you, you can do nothing to help someone else. Because revival is personal. Isaiah went through 
And he lays it all out. Revival's just not going to happen until we realize that when I'm reading the Bible, it speaks to me. My challenge to us this morning is that we would simply take a look at ourselves. Stop, listen to me, stop looking at the culture. Stop looking across the aisle. Stop looking at your spouse, your children, your parents, your teachers, your preachers. Stop blaming others. And for the next 20 minutes, maybe 30, I want you to simply look at you. And consider for a moment yourself. Because revival is personal. Stop blaming others and take a look inside. Shall we pray? Ask God to help us.